0: What are the things that make me happy? What do I need in my health, in my creativity, in my knowledge, with my family, with love, with freedom, with my career? Am I doing everything to help me feel creatively abundant? I think today people are copying other people's lives when they're going, oh, if I do that morning routine or if I copy that person exactly, I'm going to be happy. Whereas you have to design your life your way.
1: This is Clodagh Higgins. Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Xenia, and this week I am getting ready to go nomadic, as I shared in previous episode 74. And very fitting, I have a guest that is also a world traveler and a guest who uses social media and digital marketing as a point of access to creating a lifestyle of doing things that you deeply care about and get paid for. So Clodagh Higgins is a digital agency coach, a consultant, speaker, author, and podcaster who is based in Sligo, the west of Ireland. She specializes in working with owners of digital marketing and sales agencies across the world in how to market, sell, service, and scale their businesses to success. Don't worry, we get more about what exactly that means because I know digital marketing is a very loaded field that could mean a lot of things. But why I love Cloda is that she is someone who, like myself, lives in a small town in the countryside. And she actually got into the online world many years ago in 1995 when she started working for Dell, the computer company. So with them, she ended up moving to the UK and then to Sydney, Australia, where she ended up spending 12 years. In 2001, she started working in sales and marketing with Sony. And then she set her own digital consulting agency in Sydney. In 2012, Cloda made the decision to return home to Ireland to be closer to her family and to leverage the opportunities that were coming in the software world as Dublin was becoming the tech capital of Europe. She ended up establishing her agency, Get Focused Digital Agency. And then when she turned 40, she started working at HubSpot, where she was inspired to reinvent herself. That included how she looked and how she thought about her life. At HubSpot, she got to consult over 400 agencies around the world. And over time, she found her consulting calls moving past the basics and onto conversations about the profitability of their bottom lines, how to create a hiring strategy, and how to improve team culture. That led her to becoming part of the Grow It group as a full-time agency coach and consultant. And that also led her to speaking at conferences internationally, Really big conferences. I actually got to attend the Digital Marketing Expo, the Traffic and Conversion Summit, I think is the correct name, where Cloda spoke in New York City. And I got to tell you, Cloda is so full of wisdom. And I'm so glad that we got to have this conversation over a cup of cacao. Cloda shares about taking a break from social media and how that was a necessary step for her changing her lifestyle, moving back to Ireland and how she ended up coming back on social media and using Instagram to reinvent herself. We talk about managing ADHD and Cloda shares her experience with doing so through meditation and diet. And we talk about nature healing because we both have made the conscious choice to have our home base be in the countryside. This conversation is your reminder that it's never too late to start what you care about And that it's important to reach out for support to those people who feel aligned and take the online course, book the coaching session, listen to the podcast, whatever that looks like for you, reach out and know that that investment you make into yourself ends up making a big difference. We actually met because Cloda was part of the original conscious social media program that I launched earlier in 2019. And in this episode, she speaks very openly and very generously shared some of the resources that supported her through taking the next leap in her own career, in her own life, that have led her to be in a place where she is extremely successful and very acknowledged, and recognized, and financially independent, location independent. I am very excited to share this conversation with you, and I can't wait to see what takeaways you will have. So please, when you're listening, take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to, whether that's on Spotify, or iTunes, or somewhere else, and share it on Instagram, and tag at Wired. I can't wait to see what you're getting from this, and I can't wait to share it with my community. Oh, and I didn't even mention that in her spare time, Cloda is on a powerlifting team and competes globally. She also creates clothing and art, and she writes, blogs, coaches, and creates content. Even though that's a lot to take in, I know that as a result of listening to this, you actually will feel more clear on whatever it is that is important to you. Here's Cloda. So I wasn't going to make a cow this time, but I always do before I record a podcast. And then I saw your email that you're making one and I thought, oh, this is a sign. I need to make one. So I just made one and I rushed back to my desk with my hawk cow. Here's what is in yours.
0: Um, just natural honey, local honey, a little pink Himalayan salt, some almond milk and a, just a tiny bit of cay- cayenne pepper, just a kick in it.
1: Wow, we're totally twinning it.
0: (laughs) What's in yours?
1: I forgot salt. I think that's what's missing. But I have cinnamon, I have cayenne, and I have local Russian honey that my grandma gets for me. Because we both have our cacao, because this is an intentional sacred space, why don't we hold our cacao in front of our hearts and feel the gratitude for everyone who brought it to us, from the people who grew it to the people who passed down the traditions and the rituals. And ourselves for showing up and as we do that also think about an intention and in this context i've never done this before but this is cool an intention toward this conversation this interview and my intention is to go deep into exploring co-creating with the divine through your story and through that sharing and learning things that will impact every single person who's going to listen it positively and support them in stepping more into their own adventurous, heart-centered side.
0: I love that. Well, my intention, which I'll say it again, because I did it when I was making it, is to share a story and touch, at least one person out there who has been thinking, oh, it's too late for me to do anything new and through these conversations they actually realize it's never too late to do what you love and do something new
1: so powerful okay so let's start at your instagram your instagram handle is queen mave v2 so before I even going to the description tell us everything about the name and i actually just realized after months of knowing you that v2 stands for that moment you probably reinvented yourself
0: So where I got the idea for the Queen Maeve is actually, and I'm sitting here looking at her now, I'm in the west of Ireland, a famous warrior called Queen Maeve. She is buried at the top of a mountain called Nocna And the rumour goes that she has been buried standing up with her shield in one hand and her sword in another I'd lived for a very long time in Australia and at the age of 39, through a series of circumstances, I ended up having to move back home and wanting to move back home. It was kind of a combination of things. And at my parents' house, I would look out, which is just down the road, at Queen Maeve in some days that were particularly dark as I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. I was, it was the end of one relationship and I was really trying to find myself again and I would talk to Queen Maeve and I had actually been on all social media platforms. I would have been one of the first people on LinkedIn, one of the first people on Facebook. I had an Instagram account and I closed everything down. I just didn't want to be a part of, I didn't want to have that old connection to my old world in Australia. And I would look up at Queen Maeve and talk to her and say, you know, what am I going to do now? And then the kind of one day I realized that I really missed being creative and I love putting outfits together. And I had started wearing a particular brand of leggings from Australia called Black Milk Clothing. And I thought, you know, I'm going to be Queen Maeve V2. (laughs) Maybe not as aggressive. She did murder a lot of people, but definitely (laughs) the strength side of her.
1: So you coming from a background of digital marketing how did you come about to speak to spirits in the mountains?
0: Um, from growing up in the West of Ireland, I've always been, this area that I'm from is extremely creative, spiritual. We are surrounded by cairns, like old mythological building, um graves and monuments. It's alleged that actually Queen Maeve's shrine or tomb is over 5,000 years old. You know, my dad would often say that's older than the pyramids, you know. (laughs) And so it's actually a part of my whole upbringing. I've always been interested in natural healing, spirituality, crystals, sage, (laughs) that kind of thing, herbs. From living in this area, Sligo is a really magical place.
1: Wow. And can you give us a glimpse into where you live now? Because when we met in person, we spent some time talking about living in the country and your life just sounded like a picture, a painting.
0: Yeah. When I moved home, I was in Sligo for a while and then I ended up moving to Dublin because that's where the jobs were. And after a few years, I got a mortgage organized and I was ready to buy a place in Dublin in the city. But my auntie Maura has this amazing knack of finding properties and she sent me this property one day. And for what I was going to buy, an one-bedroom apartment in the centre of Dublin, I ended up getting an old cottage. It's a workman's farmer cottage with cow sheds out the back that still have hay in them. Uh, There's a front garden, there's a back patio, and there's a whole field with room for some small cabins in the future is, is my plan. Now, I'm not completely in the country as lucky as you are, Ksenia. I am still at the edge of town, but you wouldn't know looking out the back garden. There's no street lights that you can see at the back. It's really, really dark. And I thought I was going to rent it out on Airbnb and treat it like a holiday. But once I moved in, I renovated the inside. I just had to stay. <laughs> I realized this is where I needed to be. And I, I absolutely love being in the country now.
1: Wow. So before we dive into understanding what it is that you do, I just want to send a wave of gratitude to the humans that invented the internet. Because if that didn't happen, we wouldn't be able to live wherever we want in the world, enjoy the healing power of nature and mountains, and still be able to connect with the world, practice our gifts and connect with people every single day. So I'm so grateful for that. And and just getting a glimpse of that from you mirrors back to me that I have that opportunity too that I use every day. Yeah, it's amazing. So if you guys want to find Cloda on Instagram, it's Queen Mave V2. I'm going to link to it in the show notes on wokenwired.com. So it says Cloda S. Higgins, consulting agency, co-founder of the agency life, life and performance coach, author, speaker, podcaster. Creator with a queen emoji, free download, lifestyle blueprint workbook, and a hand pointing down to the download. So, what is it that you actually do on a day to day basis?
0: Uh, so, on a daily basis, after for years i had run my own agency i had been then a silent partner in that agency then i worked with it was a digital marketing agency so doing marketing websites social media for other companies i'd started that in australia i ended up starting to work with hubspot and through the work at hubspot we were talking about the software, but I would end up in conversations with agency owners about how to run their business. And I realized that not a lot of them had been given any good quality knowledge and information about how to run a professional services business. And so what I ended up doing is kind of learning all about how to run a digital marketing agency successfully. I worked with some of the most successful ones and followed what were they doing. And I ended up leaving HubSpot two years ago to branch out, write my own book, create my own podcast, create my own methodology, and I actually worked with a large agency in uh, the Nordics to help them with their mergers and acquisitions. So I've kind of learned from the best in the industry about what it takes to run a successful agency. And I coach agency owners on how to do that. And I consult them on an ad hoc basis or work with them on a monthly basis because I fundamentally absolutely love the personalities of the agency owners. They are extremely passionate, driven individuals who could fundamentally, you know, have a job if they wanted to go and get a job, but they choose the life of running a digital agency And I just want to help them have a successful, happy, healthy, profitable business of their dreams.
1: Guys, so just to give you an idea, I ran into Cloda in New York City when she was speaking at one of the biggest digital agency expos in the world. And then Cloda also got connected to my fiance, Eric, who works with one of the world's biggest SEO training online programs in the world. And Clodo was a guest speaker in one of the webinars they did. And my fiance, Eric, is still raving about how mind-blowing, educational, and empowering all the information you shared was. So you're a big deal. (laughs) And you're really an expert of what you do and your commitment to Doing this work is very clear. So I want to track back a little bit to, first of all, can you explain what digital agency is? Because if I didn't have a fiance who's in this world, I would not know what it is because there's so many meanings. Digital agency can be, you know, providing social media services. It can be SEO services. In your experience, what exactly is it and what types of people do you work with? Is it also, you know, nomadic location, independent solopreneurs mostly, or what type of person do you work with?
0: Yeah, it's very, very broad, the term digital marketing, and it's probably more kind of like from the old world of a marketing agency who did print and TV. And then there was the digital came in where the agency would add web and internet, social media services. I think today uh, digital marketing agencies will help clients with their website with generating more visitors to their website, with improving the quality of leads, people that would convert. They'll also help with the sales process. So I guess it does really cover off anything to do with generating sales and marketing activities online for clients. And that can include someone who's doing it on their own in a nomadic environment or people, you know, there's agencies that have 200 people. In LA, there's an agency called Hawk Media and he's Eric Huberman has built a massive agency who I work with is mainly people who are extremely driven entrepreneurs who love what they do. But they need to have a team of people around them in order to do it. So they're generally living in one location. They might have one office or they might work with remote staff. And what kind of happens is the owner of the business always has a great story. They always have this great story about why they set up the business, why they're not working in a job. And that goes along the lines of that they wanted to do digital marketing or marketing or inbound marketing or web services for the rest of their lives. That's what they love to do. But in order to run a business, you need staff and you have to have a team of people around you. And those team, the team of people are of an employee mindset. So the big challenge that I help agency owners with is to acknowledge that they are entrepreneurs and they have a very particular set of skills <laughs> as they run their business and they their needs are very different to their employees and then we work with them to go okay your employees they need structure, career plans, you know perks and benefits, uh, time off, <laughs> all the things that a an entrepreneur couldn't care less about. <laughs> And that's what I mainly help. About the the 10 to 15 to 20 people size, they know that they want to improve their business. They just don't know where it starts. And when I highlight it to them, it's going, it's because you're not working with your team. We start from there. We start with the people and we we build it out from there.
1: All right. So this is Queen Maeve version two. Why don't we rewind and go back to version one? You know, I know you had an interesting story of when you were living in Australia, working in Australia, you had an online presence in Australia, social media accounts. And then when you left Australia and came back to Ireland to reinvent yourself, you deleted all your accounts to really give yourself that space to reconnect to what was important and recreate yourself from nothing. So with that version one, Queen Maeve, how did she get into digital marketing? And can you recall your first social media platform and why you were brought into the online world
0: oh yeah it would have been 2000 and say six I think is the first time I remember creating a LinkedIn account but a totally around that time was I on face I would have been on Facebook I really don't remember it's been that long but I am the kind of person that when I see a new online platform I will download it and I will try it out I guess I've always been interested in technology. I used to work for Dell. That was my first big, big job in 1995. I started working for Dell Computers. And we were selling computers to the world through, it was direct mail and that they call in and then we'd sell them a computer. And I remember the day that the the internet was, (laughs) we were talking about the internet and it was like, oh, there's going to be this thing called the internet. And we would be able to go around looking at the internet on, there was like eight pages or something. And we're like, okay, we've seen the internet now, goodbye. And let's go back to the phone. (laughs) Can you imagine? And I remember at the time, you know, it was hilarious. I'm showing my age now but is we were going oh man yeah, maybe that internet thing will take off but i was at selling computers the computers would be upgraded every month so it would start off with 1 gig 2 gig 3 gig etc and i do remember every month our conversations were going along the lines of who's going to need 5 gigs in their home computer like that's ridiculous and we'd all have a big laugh and then we'd all sell loads of them for <laughs> the next month and then there'd be 10 gig and so on it went so I have been, I guess, involved in technology since 97 using CRM systems. Yeah, the internet was in part, part starting it off. To, and then Dell announced that they were going to sell computers online. So the orders would come in online. That's, that's where it first started. I ended up moving with Dell to the UK for a couple of years and they moved me down to Australia. When I was in Australia, I had a job in Dell, but I also moved to Sony for a while. It was when I was in Sony, I started to get more of an appreciation for how sales and marketing could work together. And one of the things I noticed was if I brought the marketing team with me to my sales meetings, they would do all the talking and I would take the order. <laughs> Cause they loved explaining things and they loved answering questions and they were passionate about the product. And that's where I got the sales and marketing appreciation. And then after a while I I just had this, it was actually a series of things that happened all at the same time. I was running into some challenges with my boss at the time. I kept challenging him and I was struggling, but I also couldn't do some very complicated tasks in my job. I wasn't able to read spreadsheets or fill in forms properly. So I was bringing in a lot of sales, but I couldn't do the admin part of the job very well. And I actually thought there was something wrong, that I was having a brain tumor or something was seriously wrong with me. I was 35. So I went to the doctor and the doctor referred, she kind of had an inkling of what it might be. And then she referred me to a clinical psychologist upon which, after just one explanation of what was going on in my life, she said, have you ever been diagnosed with ADHD? And I and I thought, 35 mm, year old woman, no. And she goes, I want you to read a book called Driven to Distraction. And it was, I read that book and I was relieved. I cried a lot for the kind of heartache I sort of put everyone through because people would call me selfish or, you know, you daydream or you, you I didn't do my full potential, and yeah, at the age of thirty five I was diagnosed <laughs> with ADHD which then brought a corporate career crumbling down around its ears because I realized that I actually couldn't do the job to the best of my ability, and I left and that's when I started just doing consulting to friends who run businesses about um how to do social media you know they'd ask me, can you help me set up a LinkedIn account? can you help me with with this website or I taught myself how to do WordPress and yeah if I look back that's kind of where it all sort of (laughs) started
1: so when you say you couldn't do the job to the best of your ability was that because of what ADHD comes with or is it because you refuse to medicate or
0: how does that work Medication, for me, is not an option. Just I, I just prefer natural and I can regulate with meditation and good food and way more other things. What it is, is because as I was in this really high job and I had a big target, I would have to fill in multiple forms and multiple spreadsheets in order to get discounts. And while I can build a complicated spreadsheet, I cannot read a complicated spreadsheet very well. And I know that sounds hilarious. So what would happen was I was just frustrating everyone around me because even though I would sit there for hours and cry and try and figure it out, one person would come along and go, you missed a cell. I can't do this anymore. (laughs) So for me, it it was the right time anyway. It had been six years and I wanted to do something else. Certain tasks are extremely, extremely challenging.
1: So when you say you learn to manage ADHD with meditation and food, I'd love to give a little bit of attention to that because I know a lot of people, they have that diagnosis and everyone manages in their own way, but hearing about alternative ways to do that is always so fascinating and expansive. So if you can share anything at all that has been supportive for you, I'd love to hear that.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing was I The the psychologist I was seeing, she sent me off for an actual clinical diagnosis. And that's where they measure your brain activities. And it was a special ADHD clinic. And I remember going in and sitting in the waiting room with um, the kids (laughs) and me. And it was fun. And when they measure your brain, so it's a certain brain patterns. The clinic that we chose does a form of therapy called EGG therapy. And what that does is you will get electrodes put on your head. Now, today, there it's an actual cap that you can wear. You put a whole cap on your head and it measures your brain activity. And the whole goal of what the training is trying to do, it's like a special brain training. And what you do is you would watch a computer game or you can watch something on the screen. And with your attention, you control the game. So there's no controls in your hands. You're controlling the game with your thoughts. And your ability to concentrate, not lose your train of thought, and be calm. Because this is what gets ADHD people really wound up, is they will get a shortness of breath. They start to get really stressed and shaky, and then they completely lose their attention. But they know they're going to lose their attention, so that makes them more stressed. And then they get stressed, and then they lose their attention. (laughs) So it's a vicious cycle. So what the, the goal of the game, the EGG game, is to focus, breathe, be calm and pay attention to the exercise. And if you lose attention, the car might fall off the tracks or the spaceship might slow down. <laughs> that's the kind of games that we used to play. And yeah, through that's the first place I started is to learn how to be calm and pay attention, not get stressed and focus, you know, you know, when somebody says pay attention, (laughs) it's the last thing. But if we can be go breathe and focus, you go, okay, I can breathe and focus, you know, I can do that. And that's where it started. And then things like, you know, just watching a clean diet. Um, The funny thing is just alcohol is, it's such a bitter sword because it, it does reduce the ability to overthink because that's one of the things with ADHD is there's a lot of doing things and thinking multiple things. So a couple of drinks will shut that off. Um, Recreational drugs will shut that off. Fortunately, I never picked up any serious habits. I, I was really lucky. You know, the, all the the addictions are generally come from the ADHD person trying to um, self-medicate and things like alcohol and drugs can just stop the brain thinking and make you sit down for a while make you focus on something but I've learned over the years to remove those from my life and just focus on a clean diet Um, taking aptogens which I must check if I'm ever competing because um, I power lift compete I think some mushroom aptogens can um, impact some of those tests, but not nothing to worry about at the moment because I'm not competing. And then, yeah, meditation and sleep. And and just, I have to say no to things because I just don't want to be bored. <laughs> so I say no to things. What is aptogens? Like the mushrooms, the... Um, like adap- adaptogens?
1: So like super herbs and mushrooms. Yes. We have a whole episode on that. If anyone wants to go back, it's the one with sage of addictive wellness where we go deep into the adaptogens and the power to heal through that it's episode number 70 adaptogens and super herbs and cacao
0: and cacao yeah so um the reishi mushrooms and all the different types have been um experimenting with those smart things you know helping you stay pay attention and so far i've never i've been offered ritalin uh, from doctors they've said you know i actually have i can go and get a prescription for it Um, But so far, thankfully, I've never felt the need.
1: Do you find that cacao has any impact on you?
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's definitely something, especially the intention and how you make it and the fact that you will focus and put your intention into it. Being present really does help. But yeah, it's it's a beautiful drink as well. I'm always trying to look for new drinks that aren't alcohol (laughs) to help me. (laughs) To help me. Cam the brain. Coffee is great for ADHDers, believe it or not. Uh, so, yeah. 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 Because it just helps you kind of focus, but then you too much in your jittery.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Thank you for sharing that. I really have a feeling this will serve a lot of people. And I don't have ADHD, but a, a lot of people in my life do. And this was really helpful for me to just understand and myself take more deep breaths and be patient because you just don't know what other people are going through. And if we all just, find a little bit more patience and kindness towards others, it's going to benefit everyone.
0: Yeah, I think just understanding it, I just remember one time I had a, there was a very long time ago, I had a friend say to me, you're very selfish, you don't do what you don't want, you know, I won't do things for other people, or I won't go somewhere for someone else. And I guess I'm learning a little bit better now. But it's not that we don't want to go to things, it's well, this is for me, if I think I'm going to be bored and I can't get out, I'll just say no. You know, So it's like somebody saying, oh, I'll pick you up and we'll go together to a party and it's miles away or an art gallery or an exhibition. And if I don't know how I'm going to get home or if I can leave or can I go myself or can I get in a cab and get home? If I'm relying on somebody else, there's probably, I'm just afraid that, this a trigger is going to kick in that I'm bored, and if I'm bored, it's just extremely uncomfortable for everyone because it's not something I can fake. I'm, I'm getting better with it, so things like giving people the option: going, do you want to meet me there? and not be tied into a certain time. Those are tiny things with ADHD people that if we can know that we can go and leave at our on our own terms and we're not, you know, kidnapped <laughs> as such, we're a lot more receptive. And you might just get 20 minutes with us and that's okay because, you know, it's better than not at all. Um, it's just the way we operate. I have no idea that boredom has to do with ADHD. Oh, th- even thinking, it's not... We don't get bored because we (laughs) make sure we're never in situations where we are. But if we are caught or captive, I have been stuck in meetings and my whole skin, physically, I want to itch my arms. It's so uncomfortable to be stuck in a situation that we can't leave and we're over it. You know, conversations that keep going around, meetings that go round and round and round. Um, it physically causes anxiety pain you know discomfort so preventing that is our like number one survival
1: so now I see why you decided to create life and career on your own terms so going back to that social media phase when you quit your job and people started to ask you to help them with their social media and wordpress how did you know how to do those things
0: I didn't. In the beginning, I would have downloaded, I would have seen LinkedIn and I would have opened a LinkedIn account on my laptop and just tried it. attack it. You know, there was very little YouTube videos. I have a very e- exploratory type of personality. I will see something like TikTok is on my phone. I haven't done anything with it yet, but I'm learning. I'm just absorbing. I So everything I would take, I would take it, download it, play with it. Then eventually when I know what I'm doing, I would post it. And all of my life when I, I I wanted to have a website and I went and got a website quote (laughs) and I thought it was ridiculous. So I taught myself how to use WordPress (laughs) and I built my, that Queen Maeve website built on Shopify. I love Shopify. I guess I just have, I'll give it a go. I make things for myself and then uh, that's where I started. I would make things for myself. I made, you know, created my own LinkedIn account and then other people asked me to help them with theirs. And it just started from there.
1: And at what point did you get on Instagram?
0: Was that your main platform at the time? It was funny. It was, I would have been on Instagram. If I came home 2012, I probably, like my old account, Cloda S. Higgins, it's still there. I just, like, I think it's still there. I don't think I cleaned it out. I just stopped using it. I just deleted everything. I cleaned out my LinkedIn account. But yeah, I think maybe mm, I feel like it's like very early on, 2010, maybe I had an Instagram account. Gee, you know something? We should look it up and actually go back and see (laughs) what date that would be, (laughs) because that would be funny. If we see my Instagram account, we can actually go back in time and I can tell you. And again, I couldn't even tell you. It was before they were bought. And yeah, there's my Clodagh S. Higgins account. And I have I love digital media. I had a whole 163 people on there that will show you. <laughs> it was a long time ago.
1: I would love to see it and I'm also fascinated to get with you to the topic of how social media is this external representation of the inner work that is going on because I know from, you know, leading the conscious social media program, I've seen so many people just change their Instagram handles including myself And from that, a whole energetic shift occurs. So it goes both ways. And so what I'm curious to hear from you is you, as you were making that decision to reinvent yourself, you decided to wipe out all your Instagram accounts. What were you thinking and what were you ready to leave behind? And what did you think you were creating the space Mm. for? And what at the time was your online presence? What were you known for?
0: Yeah, when I was in Australia, uh, there was a, a few things that happened at the same time. I just saw the Instagram account, 2011, April 2011, and it's a picture that is still in Australia, follow your dreams, that I adore. That's my whole thing is following my dreams. So Instagram, for me, the Cloda Higgins account, so since 2011 until like I moved back home 2013, That would all have been about just me expressing and pictures and that. My LinkedIn account was for business and it was attracting clients and speaking gigs and things for my business. But it was all set in Australia. My Facebook, I remember clearly posting pictures on Facebook our videos when I was living in Australia, kind of posting, oh, I'm at the beach after work. It's so great. But I was crying behind the lens. I was incredibly homesick. I was going through a breakup. It was horrific. And I remember thinking to myself, why? Am I trying to reassure my friends and family on the other side of the world that I'm okay when I'm not? I'm crying and I'm, I won't tell them because I didn't want to worry them. And I realized at that time, that would have been 2012, I was going, something's going on here that I feel the need to post this version of myself that isn't real. And I became concerned. I thought, this isn't right. So when I moved home, number one, I didn't want anything to do with that life. I didn't need to post to anyone the people that I I wasn't pretending anymore. The people could see that, you know, I was in their face now. They could see that I was going through something. My business account, I didn't need to build any business. I closed that business. So I was able to release the things that weren't serving me and I just closed them down or deleted them or stopped using them or just logged out of them. I cleaned out the LinkedIn because I didn't need anything like that anymore. But the Facebook one was really interesting to me. I always remember that time. My beautiful beach in Balmoral, horrifically upset and pretending that everything was great. That was tough. So when I came home, there was a lot of emotion around that. I wanted to get a job, and I got a job with HubSpot. And in the job in HubSpot, I was not selling, so I did not need to have an account. I was able to sit and hide and figure out what did I want. I also, you know, was turning 40 <laughs> and i was figuring out who am i what do what does my life look like now how am i going to be happy now that i'm not in a place that made me so happy with things that made me so happy with someone that made me so happy it was a complete starting again mm.
1: and how at what point was queen maeve Two born because I remember when we spoke a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned that in the past year you've really taken new steps and putting yourself out there like you never had before. And as a result, not only you're more seen by the world, but also you have all these systems in place to bring some serious revenue through your business.
0: Mm, Yeah. When I decided to, the Queen Maeve one, I think is a the Queen Maeve V2 account is definitely about at the time I was getting comfortable in HubSpot. So one of the things I was doing was figuring out what would my clothes look like. I was trying to put together a bit of a wardrobe and I had actually heard of black milk clothing, but I found the, I had never worn the leggings, but I started as I had a proper job and there was regular income. I was buying, a, you know, a couple of pairs of leggings a month and all of a sudden there was a tipping point where my normal wardrobe tipped to be less than my leggings wardrobe. And I loved putting clothes on, you know, that were like outfits. And I follow the community on on Black Milk and, and they're quirky, cool, young girls. And it was amazing. So the odd time in work, I might turn up in in a pair of jeans again, you know, because you know maybe I, I just wanted to wear the jeans, and people would just like freak out. they would just go, "What are you wearing? This is weird? You look weird, this is crazy. Put your leggings back on so that just sort of became my brand along with I had been growing out my hair, I had been blonde in Australia, but it didn't make sense. I'm kind of like a light brown. But my grey was kicking in and there was one day I put a load of purple shampoo in my hair for to make the grey, you know, it makes it quite silver. Um, but I left the shampoo in too long, so the hair stayed purple and I was mortified. I was going to work the next day and people could see that I had purple and they were like, oh, I love your purple. And I was going, oh no, that was a mistake. And they were like, no, it's really cool. And then that sort of built up into what I have now, which is completely purple. It goes to grey after a few washes. So. Yeah, this brand kind of came together of purple hair and leggings and I would wear sunglasses and I put these outfits together and I was sort of known for that. I think building the business, having left HubSpot, having left a big community of people and having coming out on my own, the last two years I've been building this business. Last year, I wrote the book, and my own book. So it took a year to write the book. It took a year then to turn that into a digital course and to build the podcast And I had this huge realization, like I've been following you for a very, very long time and you're, you're, you're significant. There's an age difference, right? You know, so I would look at you, I would look at Gala Darling, I would look at Natalia Benson, I would look at Alexandra Roxo and every, there was this difference in age that I put in my head. But this year I turned around and I thought, why, why am I making this different for me? Why have I put an age difference on it? You know, I tell people age is just a number. Nobody believes my age. I don't believe in it myself. But why did I put a difference? Because I would say to younger people, oh, you should follow Ksenia. You should follow Alexander. Look at what they're doing. They can have the life of their dreams. And then I turned around this year and I went, Mm. why can't I have that? Why can't I have unlimited abundance, in finance, in love, in ex- in experiences? Why am I not giving myself permission? Why am I telling the young people it's a great time to be alive? Why am I telling everyone that they can follow their dreams when I can too? And that was the year. And at roughly around the same time, I think you opened the course for conscious social media. And that really helped me turn around and go, I am going to be more open. I'm not going to be just Queen Maeve hiding behind I am going to be an entrepreneur life coach and have the life that I dream of
1: mic drop what do you think happened what were maybe some practices or mindsets you were adopting when that shift happened of wait why am I sending everyone to other people when I myself am an embodiment of the ideas I want to spread in the world
0: Mm. that's where I, you know, started to sit down and think about, well, how did I get here? So I, I think if anyone's thinking about the same things, it's going, how did I get here? How did I sit here today? And every, probably at least once a year, if not a bit more often, I do sit down and write down what are the things I want in my life that make me happy. Moving home was a huge thing, even though it's been seven years, it's still something that I it was it was quite a big jump And when I sat down and realized, what are the things that make me happy? So I actually have written this out and that's why it's in my Instagram. There's a, I haven't even got it gated. It's just a workbook. So I've actually shared that now with people because I look at what do I need in my health, in my creativity, in my knowledge, with my family, with love, with freedom, with my career. And I have these categories that I know holistically make me me happy. And I just ask myself, am I doing everything to help me feel creatively abundant. Am I taking care of my family relationships? What am I doing for love? And so I have this sort of process that I did a little design about, and that's what gets me kind of on the path or keep doing what I'm doing. And that's what I have shared with other people. It's That's why it's design your life your way. I think today people are copying other people's lives when they're going, oh, if I do that morning routine, or if I copy that person exactly, I'm going to be happy. Whereas you have to design your life your way.
1: Mm. Yes. Okay. So I'm taking so many notes. Can is that workbook? Is that what's linked in your bio?
0: That's the one in the bio, yeah. Okay,
1: I'm getting that and I'm linking that for everyone to get that because that sounds important. It's on gated
0: because it's just easier for that. You know? <laughs> just you give it to everyone.
1: <laughs> All right, so one thing is getting present. I find the process of sitting down. I actually just did that last week. I sat down and I wrote out my left uh, rest of 2019 and 2020 just to map out my goals and what's important to me because this way when I wake up every day, it's much easier for me to create my goals and actions to really support things that are the most important for me. So I'm curious to check out your process and I'm also curious to know, one thing is knowing things that you need to do, but another thing is having the courage and creating the space to take action. So what were some of the actions that you took to embody the things that were important to you?
0: Well, I'm, I'm actually looking at one of the, the, the tools that I think is really, uh, has been very beneficial for me is a vision board that I have made, you know, and I would probably update on it. It's about six months old and I would update it regularly. The other thing that I do as well, I think the vision board can be something that you constantly reiterate. I actually took the vision board and made it into a smaller version and it is actually on the back of my phone with a clear case over the phone. So, you know, if you're anywhere and you've got your phone down, you, I can actually look down at my phone. So things like sometimes I'm out on nights out, and um, maybe with my friends and everyone's drinking, but I've decided not to because, you know, I've, I've got things to do in the morning. I have always found having my vision board on the back of my phone has actually stopped me getting off the track, you know, because I can look at it and go, you've got big things to do, girl. You know, it's one night like you're here with your friends. I don't want to not see my friends, but I, I want to stay on track and having a portable vision board. It's not obvious people. Sometimes people pick it up and go, what's that? But it's for me. I don't care. It's got a clear iPhone case and then you can see it through it. And then I can update that regularly. I have found that has kept me on track in many a situation where I could have gone off track. (laughs) So the portable vision board. (laughs) Yeah, that's all you do. Take your big one divide, you know, like, reduce it down and get a clear case and have it there all the time because your phone is generally you know it could be on the table or it could be in a meeting or it could be that it might be there or maybe it's in your bag but when you look at it it does center you and so that makes me I I just check in on that every day and go yeah I'm like looking at it now thinking yep a lot of those things are happening with regards anything else sometimes sometimes I just feel If I do want to center four days of some clean eating and early nights, I find a lot of the things that get me overwhelmed is because I'm not tired and I haven't either hydrated or fed myself properly. And within four days, I can reset myself to feel like I've been on holidays for two weeks. And that might just be clearing out the calendar, getting up, doing some meditation, having some light work days, not having intense days. And within four days, I am right back at it again. So important. I think level of
1: physical vitality is extremely important. And that's why one of my businesses has to do with wellness and health and healthy eating, because if we don't have that vital force to give us the energy to get things done that are important to us, then we just won't accomplish things that we want to accomplish. So that's one layer of things. But then the other layer that I'd love to hear from you about is what do you think you did in terms of internal world and your inner work to create the shift of financial abundance to really allow that in?
0: Yeah, that's just totally shifted this year where doing the work with uh, Gala Darling, her Radical Radiance was really empowering. And then there's Manifestation Babe. Did There's some free challenges and just inner work, things like that. When I uncovered it all, there was a lot of, I don't deserve this. There's There was a lot of, I'm not worthy that I have worked through and I'm still working on. And when I uncovered that, You can still hear I'm still hesitating about it, but I'm working on that is about that I am worthy and I do deserve this because there's some incredible things that I want to do in the world and for other people. And I'm ready to do that now. And that's where the inner work was. A lot of meditation. Adore Gala Darling's tapping like she has helped me enormously with her YouTube videos. So I would tap along with those at least a few times a week. I'm I'm working on getting up to a daily basis. So EFT, emotional freedom technique, probably one of the most powerful sources of changing and shifting your internal belief system ever. And Ziva meditation. I used to do the apps, but with Emily Fletcher's Ziva, I find that self-sufficient. You can do it in the car. You can do it on the beach. You can do it in the house. You don't need internet. You don't need anything. Those two tools this year allowed me to open up and accept and feel worthy and realize just a simple thing like, you know, instead of going, Oh, Ksenia is someone younger than me, and you know, all of that, I'll go, Maybe, you know, well, I think there's things I can help Ksenia with. And (laughs) it was that attitude, you know, instead of separating myself from the successful people in the world, I was going, Well, I think I can help them too. They can help me, and let's do that together. And actually, just speaking of that, that was a huge thing that came out of that trip. I was in the States. I was three weeks in the States. I was at Inbound, speaking there on a panel. Then I had a break. I was in um, New Haven, working with one of the most successful agencies in the world that I completely manifested. I mapped it out to go, I want to work with these guys. I'm going to design how it's going to look and they're going to invite me down to their office. And it all happened. (laughs) And so we did. Yeah. Planning it. And then I went on to New York. And this year I have also made the, the shift of I will ask for help and I will book time and I will ask people for their help. And I will tell people I want to work with them and I won't be an island.
1: And yes, by the way, I did learn things from you. As soon as you joined the Conscious Social Media Program and you shared this, it was like a mind map of all the projects you're working on. I was like, what? Wait, you can actually take, because, you know, you reminded me of me a lot. I also have a lot of projects I, I handle at the same time. And I was like, wait, what? You can use a system and strategically map all of this out? This feels so empowering.
0: Yeah, that's a free tool. Bubble b u b b l dot u s. Yeah, I love mind maps. I think you were the only person I could probably have opened up and shared that with. Like, I've had that, but I went, it's okay, because Senia does this too. <laughs> Another person would get completely scared. I'm not working on all of those things at the same time. I. I'm really lucky that I have a great team of people that I work with so I can set something up and then I realize, okay, now it's time to give it to someone who's going to take it home. I'm learning to uh, release things and give them to the right person. But yeah, (laughs) that mind map is still there. It's still getting worked on. So the
1: thing I also want to get a little more into is your manifestation strategy. So you said you, you decided you wanted to work with that agency. You came up with a way. Walk me through the system, you know, what, like both the inner system and the outer system, because I think we all, you can sit and meditate and visualize making $10,000 in 24 hours. But if you don't create the physical pathways in the physical realm for that money to come through... It's going to be really difficult for the universe to come and give it to you. So, you know, for example, yesterday, I don't have the Conscious Social Media Program enrollment open right now. And I just had a feeling that if someone really wants to work with me and was really moved by my podcasts, the more reviews I get, the more I realize it really resonates with people. It really moves them. I don't have any pathways for people to work with me and be deeply impacted by it further. And so what I did, I said, okay, well, I'm not playing a group now. I'm about to go nomadic. My mind is in a different place. But if someone wants to pay me $5,000 and work with me one-on-one, I'll make it happen. So I'm going to go and make it available right now. So I stayed up late last night. I made it available on WokenWire.com and that's there. So now I know that if it's meant to happen and if someone is called to work with me that way. And if I'm meant to make $10,000 in 24 hours, two people can book me and that's it. So I'm curious and, you know, give me your example of how those pathways of manifestation work.
0: Yeah, I think if I I'll probably just use the example, I I definitely agree with creating multiple ways to work. So I, I think that's something I've had that Queen Maeve website and that design your life and all of that for years, just sitting there for me, I never talked about it. And then I realized, actually, I want other people to have this too. They can download the free workbook or they can hire me. So I've only just in the last few weeks set up, if you want to work with me as a coach, <laughs> that's what I do in my business. So in my business world, everyone knows how to work with me, which is how with that's through growitgroup.com. So that's, yeah, that's the agency life podcast and, and all of that. That's my the business coaching. But I think If you start to think of, you know, what are you putting out there, like the idea of the podcast, also the idea of the speaking, I have been doing them for free, but just recently I went, you know, yes, you've got to create the material. And then once you keep doing it consistently, then you might want to create a media pack around your podcast so that you can reach out to sponsors. Or you might want to create a media pack about your speaking or your presentations or your workshops and then send them out to people. So you need to create the pathways and look at all the different ways of monetization of different ways of earning money and also say to people, I'm open to offers. I love that idea that you're doing with the coaching. But I think the big thing, and I'm going to sound like an evangelist for them in a minute because I feel like I'm talking about them all the time is there is a tool called Vidyard. V-I-D-Y-A-R, no, Yeah, Y-A-R-D. Vidyard, the Canadian company. And the days of sending an email and hoping that it gets a reaction are over. This Vidyard tool, you are able to create a video, a short video, and it will take a screenshot at that video. It'll also make a, a bit of a GIF file so you could be waving in the video when somebody opens their email, there is a picture of you waving at them. You can personalize it by saying, hi, Ksenia. Now, if you see a little gif of somebody, you know, someone like me with purple hair or someone smiling with your name, what are you going to do? You're going to open it. You know, so I think whatever you're sending to people now, the time of personalized videos. I think there's another one called Soapbox, is another one that's out there. I I might be wrong, but there's tools out there to create short personal videos. Whatever way you're reaching out to people, show them who you are and explain how what you're asking for is going to make their life easier. So you have to do the research. You can't be doing a, a spray and pray. If you want to manifest something, my, way about it is a lot of observation. I sort of, you know, I've been following you for a very long time and looking at your material and listening to your podcasts and watching your YouTube channel and sitting with you as a person and resonating and going, is Ksenia, you know, someone that I feel connected to? And I did, you know, I felt very connected to before the social media course. And then when I met Eric, like, God, it was incredible to you know, and thank you for opening that opportunity for me to meet Eric and then being on his webinar. That was, that was an incredible experience too. So I think we rush into things. You might see someone, you might go, Oh, I really want to work with that person or that company, but you haven't followed them for long enough. You're not seeing them consistently. You're not watching them and listening deep in your heart. Or do you want to work with them? So with the company in, in New Haven that I'm partnering with, I've been following them for years. Like I've known Bob and Marcus for six years. I've read their book. I follow their company. I've watched them in highs and lows. I've watched them merge. They merged together. And I thought, mm, let's see how that goes. And then they had an event on and I went, I'm going to go to the event. I had no reason to be at that event other than education and to look these two men in the eye and figure out, do I want to work with them? And how can I work with them? And I could only make that decision by sitting in their presence. So wherever there is a conference or an, an opportunity to see that person speak, meet them in a conference, be in their presence, observe, 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 and then get in front of them in whatever way. You might think, oh, I'll never get to see them. Like with you, I, I never knew that you were coming to New York. That was such a coincidence. But if I didn't go and say yes to these things, how am I going to know? You know, How, how am I going to know? So I feel a lot of people manifest based on things too quickly. If you don't get deeply aligned with the people that you want to be in business with, that you want to partner with, that you want to do some work with, you have to observe and then you've got to get in their company and then you come up with a solution of what you think it would look like and record a video about that. So for, for the guys in New Haven, I walked through a, this is where I see a gap. This is where I think I can fill it. This is how I'd like to work with you. And here's a video, you know, they knew me anyway, but a video helped it. I walked them through it step by step. And then the next time I saw them, they were like, yes, that makes sense. Let's do something. And and we're starting that process right now.
1: That is absolutely brilliant. And I love this approach of not rushing into things, but really Mm -hmm. taking your time to sit with the energy of that person, of that offering, of that company to see, well, is this actually aligned or is this an impulse that I'm trying to fill a void? And I think it's so refreshing to hear that because yes, we have our intuition and sometimes you just know something is right but taking those extra few deep breaths and being with it to see okay is this is this guidance coming from a place lack or from love and then you're just going to be guided to much bigger expansion
0: yeah yeah and, and with the the guys in New Haven I also had to be in their office I'd seen a lot of they had 70 staff and it's very hard to have good company culture when you've got a business that size. But when I spent the two days with them at their conference, I spoke to most of the staff and God, I got such great energy from them. They ended up inviting me to their team drinks at the end of the night because they just kind of wrapped me up in the team and it was- Is that this feeling of I belong and then they were like, come on down to the office. And I was like, you know what, I will come down to the office. And by sitting in someone's office, so if you're thinking of partnering with someone, ask them if you can work from their office one day a week, two days a week, everyone's got a spare desk there isn't anyone who hasn't got a spare desk. So, so start there and slow down and really deeply connect in because when you're in partnership with someone in business, it is the same as a partnership, a romantic one, just without the sex. (laughs) You know, you have to trust, you have to have highs and lows, you're going to have arguments. So you have to know if you are connected to them. And, and you can only do that by spending time observing connecting on all their social media platforms, but also in a physical way, going to their conference. And then if you can, asking if you can work from their office one day a week.
1: Don't get any ideas, guys, because I don't have a spare desk, but I do
0: have a picnic table outdoors. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) You've got plenty of stations out there.
1: (laughs) So how's that cacao feeling right now?
0: Oh man, it's just absolute heaven. And the sun it's slowly going down over Queen Maeve that I'm looking at. Also, if you you'll see some of the pictures on my social media, it's i um, the sun rises behind the house and sets in front of the house. I'm in bliss, absolute bliss.
1: Mine is actually the same now that I think about it because I sit at my desk, I look out the window and I watch the sunset and the sunrise happens behind me. So if I wake yeah. up early enough, I see it behind the mountain.
0: Yeah, oh, I, I love where you guys are staying. It's incredible.
1: So as we wrap up. Colota, what is making you feel woke? Uh,
0: what is making me feel woke is that i getting younger every day and <laughs> I am doing the things that I want to do. While you're going to turn into a nomad, for me, getting woke is I am going to be heading to Cape Town for the winter <laughs> because I need some vitamin D And I, uh, for a long time, I was like, oh, I can't go away. My family needs me. I I can't do that. I've got the business. I can't go away. And this year, all the permissions and just spending time with the people that I have admired that I've had on pedestals, that I've had, oh, they're for young people. Getting woke for me this year has just been amazing (laughs) and true to myself. And yeah, it's just getting better and better every day.
1: Cheers to that. So is there anything else that I didn't ask you about that you feel called to share?
0: I think you and I could probably even speak from this together. I think if anyone is even remotely thinking, is looking at our Instagram account. So so if you see my account, you'll see, you know, where the cottage is and your account and you see your life. If anyone out there is even remotely thinking about a sea change or a country life, do it. The internet. <laughs> I just do it. All the fears I had are just, and I feel so much more centered and blessed and hassle free from not living in a city full time.
1: And I feel adventurous and I feel alive because when you think about those crazy ideas and lifestyle changes and actually take action on them and make them your reality and come out of your comfort zone through that, You not only learn new things, you rewire your brain, you create the space to recreate yourself. And
0: life just is so much more fun that way. Yeah, yeah, it does. And five minutes in nature, 15 minutes in nature, looking out at nature, some space, some freedom, some stars at night, even just a few minutes of that is just like a whole holiday. And can recenter you and reconnect you and just de-stress you.
1: And if you have a cup of cacao in your hands, then triple all the
0: impacts. (laughs) Even better.
1: Cloda, thank you so much. I took so many notes. This conversation has been absolutely incredible. And I'm excited to download your workbooks to... Actually, it's time for me to create a new vision board. I'm going to do that before I leave. And thank you for sharing about all your experience of reinvention. It gets me very excited. And I hope everyone listening, you're reminded that you have the power and the ability and the vision to reinvent yourself any given moment. So keep surrounding yourself with people in the physical realm, in the digital realm,
0: with people who remind you of your own power. Yeah. Thank you, Ksenia, for having me. And thank you for helping me realize a dream that i sat here in this house and went no i i can connect with ksenia i want to connect with her and even better now being on your podcast and sharing this out with others thank you so much for this very very special conversation and sharing a cacao with me maybe i'll see you in cape town hell you might even <laughs> might see you somewhere else <laughs> we'll definitely see each other again thank you so much ksenia cheers thank you Koda.
1: If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes and share it with a friend who you think could benefit from the message. Find all the show notes and all the resources on wokeandwired.com and also join the Woke and Wired podcast listener Facebook group. It's a private group where you can connect with people who are like-minded and say hello on Instagram. Find me at wokeandwired. Stay woke Stay wired and take three deep breaths right now.